0: star rush report recorded live on jupiter's third largest moon callisto he ordered enchiladas and he ate them i had the free punch with your host icy robots greetings
1: earth people i am from jupiter it is me again icy robots i am not a hero but i do sacrifice each other week to make your week a bit less weak. and this week it is gonna get so much less weak. we're gonna start off with well we're gonna find out who won the charity box contest so we're gonna move into a. Uh, going to have a movie review, that's going to be fun, and then it's going to be the top five movies I saw in the entirety of the year 2017, it was, it was a, uh, I'm just going to say so-so movie, uh, year to be polite, but I don't know, man, I I did see some good ones, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you which ones I thought were the best, so with all that said, let me, um, let me look around in here for something to play, all right, hit it.
0: One, two I call all the shots Rip all the shops Fools always gawk When I cop all the stock I know you're thinking now When all the hunting stops that this sucker never home Got to call me on the yacht I don't know what they want from me It's like the more money we come across The more problems we see You tell me who flopped who cop the dope swap A mint mega spock For a tube sock ISR, you know, ain't nothing changed But my limp Can't stop now Till I see my name on a blimp I don't know what they want from me It's like the more money we come across The more problems we see this is the Toys R Us Report with IC Robots. You better recognize.
1: Yeah, a little recognition would be nice. I think that I think that we all want to be recognized. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to do some recognition, man. We had a charity toy drive for last Christmas. It was a it was a Toys for Tots thing where in which you would buy a gift. For the toys for tots, and then you'd, uh, send me a pic, and bam, man, you are entered in a drawing to win this, this giant box of stuff that I've been saving up over the course of the year, it's, it's a cool box, there's all kinds of, all kinds of fun toys, all kinds of fun things, and I, I wanna say that this, this turned out a lot, lot, lot better than I thought it would, we got so many entries, I was, I was very pleased, I got a bunch that wanted to go and uh you know get their pictures posted up with the stuff, which was dope because I think that I think that encourages people. And there was like a lot more who came to me on the down low and they didn't they didn't want to be recognized. And then there were even some on the down low who said they sent off some stuff and that they were happy, but they didn't even want a chance at the gift box because they wanted to go to somebody else who might might enjoy it more that's cool but I I gotta get this box out of here it's been sitting in my office for a year straight and man sometimes it gets under my feet I've tripped on it twice I don't know it's a USPS priority box and while that is not as big as say a refrigerator box it is big enough to it's big enough to get in the way and get in the way it has so let's see I got all of the names and I I got them in a cup a cup full of uh well, it's an empty cup. It's a cup full of little paper slips. I put them on a paper slip, and they're all in the cup. Let me, uh, let me dig around here. And the winner of the 2017 Christmas charity junk box is Phil Carey. Phil Carey, you are the winner. If you reach out to me via Twitter or you reach out to me on Facebook, just send me your address, and I'll get this. I'll get this into the mail out your way asap. I want to thank Phil Carey. I want to thank every single person who participated. You guys all know who you are. You guys all know who bought gifts, and you should, you should feel good about yourself. It's cool to think that on Christmas Day when you wake up that there are going to be people out there who are opening the gifts that you bought for them. It's fun. I always imagine that they are having, like, a super great time with it. I imagine they open it up and they're like, woo-woo! And they're just jazz. That's good, man. It makes you feel good about yourself to do good things. That's not the primary reason you should do it. You should do it because, you know, you're helping somebody else out who might need some help. But the, uh, the fun you have definitely, definitely, definitely makes it all worthwhile. That was great fun. Christmas was, Christmas was terrific this year. And I realize it's been, it's been a few weeks since Christmas. But this is the first time we're talking this year, man. This is the first time we're getting together and chitty-chatting. And I just want to, I want to catch you all up. I got... I got one of my favorite Christmas presents. Well, I got my favorite Christmas present of all the times, as we learned, as we learned the other uh, the other episode. I got Castle Grayskull from my lovely wife. I was so happy. She got me Castle Grayskull, and she got me Man at Arms. Man at Arms is my personal favorite figure. He was he was somebody Gino Vega was into too. I think that a lot of people liked. They liked the second banana. Not a lot of people felt as if they could be. As if they could be He-Man, but maybe you could be He-Man's pal, you know? Maybe you could be Man-at-Arms. I, I was into that, but anyway, I got Man-at-Arms, I got Castle Grayskull, and then she got me a bunch of, like, beater figure and body. She got me, like, Triclops and all this stuff. I think she got, I think she got a big lot. There's a He-Man in there, there's a Battle Cat. He-Man had his sword and the figure and his chest armor, but he doesn't have his shield or his, uh or is axe I ordered the shield I picked it up for like 8 bucks on eBay I was I was pretty pleased with that um there's like a vehicle in there called the road ripper there is these guys don't have any of their accessories there's stinkor there is triclops there is there's is that one that was a robot let me grab it hold on I got it right here I hope you guys can still hear me As I reach across the room. There's another He-Man. There is... There is Manny Faces is in here. I do like Manny Faces. There's that guy. There's that guy with the lobster claw. You know what? For whatever reason, I find this guy with the lobster claw like all the time at the flea market. Just like him. Just like him loose. Maybe it's the same one. Just going around. I don't know. But I do... I do find lobster claw dude all the time. The... The Castle Grayskull is not complete. It has the throne, the weapon rack, and, like, five of the weapons. It has the elevator, but not the piece that goes up and down with the elevator. It has, it has the trap door. I thought that trap door was so dope. I like to, uh, I like to bamboozle guys and get them down on that, uh, that dungeon sticker that was down there. Remember, like, right below the, uh, right below the trap door was a sticker with all kinds of, like, dungeon creatures and stuff. I don't know. I like to, uh... I like to trick guys, and they would fall onto that. I, I'm so happy with this. I have it up on my shelf on Earth Base One. It's just, it's so neat. I had a small display in the area. I've been, I've been moving things out of the Earth Base recently. I've been trying to, uh, been trying to like revamp it. And I had this display of Green Arrow figures. I had like a superpower and a DC Universe. I had all these. All these different ones, a mini-mate, one that I got at Burger King, and I had them all up there with a, uh, DC moon glass, you know, the Pepsi glass with the, with the characters. These came out, like, in the 70s or the early 80s. They have, like, a moon, and then the, the DC character in front, I had the green arrow glass of that, and I had a bunch of stuff like that up there, but I got rid of all of that, and I put, I put Castle Grayskull in its place. And right next to Castle Grayskull is the, the He-Man with the battle cat, and then man-at-arms is standing there next to he-man like what's up i got your back homie and i got the homie that is a bumblebee he's in the tower and looking out from the window i you know how it closes up there's a window above the mouth peeking out of the window is the robot guy it's it's so fun it's so nice to look over there and see that after after all these years and it was nice that she didn't even listen to the episode which is cool so she didn't even know That that was what I voted the number one present I ever received. She just, she's heard me go on and on and on about it. And she decided to just shut me up and get it. So, there you go, man. That's, uh, that's how you do some gift giving. Listen to what people jibber jab about. And then, then just, just get them that. So, I have, I have all these bodies, right? And I, I've been looking on eBay and stuff. And it turns out that you can almost get a completely new one with the weapons for the same price that you can get the that you can get the weapons for. So I am I'm debating like maybe selling all the all the beater bodies in a big lot and maybe getting enough to buy like one complete one. I would like to get Skeletor. I have um Panther. His his ride and let me say that is that's a beautiful toy. It's a Panther and it's purple and the the exterior is flocked it's so it's so nice. I'd like to get a skeletor to ride it. Skeletor costs about thirty five to forty bucks. I've seen it for as low as like thirty bucks on eBay. This is with all the weapons the sword the staff you know with the ability to still stand These guys get brittle and their hip joints really go most of these most of these beaters don't even they can't even stand up on their own the The lot that she bought also came with a couple, uh, Thundercats. I'm not a Thundercat collector myself, so when she gave me those, she's like, here, you know, go ahead and sell these. One of them is Mumra, the mail-away Mumra, where he is a mummy. I might be able to get, like, 10, 15 bucks for that. The other one is, like, some sort of a walrus dude. I might be able to get, like, 10 bucks for that. So, hopefully, I'll be able to flip this and wind up with a Skeletor. That's, that's my hope. My original intention was to go out and, like, get the weapons for them, and then I started looking at the weapons, and the weapons are, like, 10 bucks. Like, who was I, who was I looking at? I think that it was Triclops. It comes with some kind of a laser, and I was looking at the laser, and the laser itself was 15 bucks. but then you can buy an all-new, not an all-new, a complete Triclops for, like, $15.99, so I don't know, I think I'm just gonna... Gonna see what I can do, and I've already, you know, I've already spoken with the wife, and she's just like, oh my gosh, if you can wind up with one, with one good figure out of all those bodies, don't worry about it, get rid of them, because all I, all I bought the whole lot for was Castle Grayskull. the rest of it's just, the rest of it was just whatever, it was just filler, I don't know, I'm glad that you were, glad you were able to pull, uh, He-Man out of there, I was able to pull, uh, Battle Cat, I got a complete Battle Cat, his belt around his body, Is broken, those belt parts get really brittle. It it, it had fallen off, but it can just rest on there. And he-Man, he-man looks good on it. So overall, man, this was this was a great present. It shows how well she knows me. She got me the number one thing I wanted all the time. And then also, she was like, take these other parts, you know, and flip them. Like you like to flip dumb stuff sometimes. So maybe uh maybe you can do that. So she got me. Something to do because, you know, it's a process. You got to take pictures. You got to post them. It's all fun. It's all fun, though. It's always fun to take pictures of, uh, take pictures of toys. So, overall, Christmas was a really good time as far as what I got. I got this. I was very pleased. I got, um, what else did I get? She got me some candy. Candy's always fun in the stocking. Um, I'm trying to think. I got something else, but it is, it's eluding me right now. Seriously, I cannot... I could not remember what it is. Let me, um, let me think. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Is it coming to me? It's not coming to me. Isn't that weird when you get these, these little gaps in your, uh, in your brain? Like, this was just the other day. I should totally know. Let me, um, let me look around a bit and see if I, if I see anything that looks, uh, there's no, nothing up here on, um, the Jupiter moon base that is from Christmas. I wish I could... Wish I could see down into Earth Base One. Oh well, my guys. If I remember it, I'll I'll let you know. If any of you, if any of you know, because I've told you, just let me know. Because I don't know, man. Maybe I'm getting senile. now. Maybe it's um just too much time in space. The weird space, the space oxygen we breathe. I don't know, man. I know not. Let's uh let's go to add the movies. <laughs>
0: In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? In 1973, the grandson of J. Paul Getty, the world's richest man, was
1: kidnapped. What happened next shocked the world and threatened an empire.
0: I asked, as a mother, to set my boy free.
1: Christopher Plumber.
0: How much would you pay to release your grandson? Nothing. And Mark Welber. We need to pay the ransom. He will do things to Paul that can't be undone for any amount of money. No! All the money in the world. it, R.
1: So... We went to see all the money in the world on New Year's Eve. We're not big partiers. I'm not a big party animal. They had this, they had this big festival downtown, this big New Year's festival and we were going to we were going to go to the movie and then dip through the dip to the festival and go home and just kind of kick it. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not like the big holiday dude and seeing a movie is that's the perfect way for me to end the year. And I had been waiting for this movie for for quite a long time. I started seeing the trailers for it over at Summerfield, the, the arty farty theater. And then when there was the whole hullabaloo where they replaced Kevin Spacey with with Christopher Plummer in the movie due to like... All these crazy accusations against Kevin Spacey. I'm sure you know what's going on. They actually succeeded in upping the profile of the movie due to the controversy. Because now it was playing at the at the big downtown theater. And I... I don't know, man. I did not take into consideration that other people might want to go to the movies on New Year's. I don't... I don't know, man. I thought that... I thought that everybody would be at home getting crunk and that nobody would be out. But the... The theater was packed. And... There were, um, there were a group of unruly teenagers near us. I have no idea why they were in this movie at all. They were, like, 15, and they were, they were so loud. And I gave them, I gave them the shush, and I gave them the come on arms, like, come on, the movie started, why won't you guys keep it down? And they would keep it down for a second, but then they would start up again, and I will give a shush. And I will give the arms, but I'm not really willing to take it past there. I I have a lot of reasons for this. I don't want to be I don't want to be a killjoy. I go to the movies to have fun, and I don't want to get into like aggressive disputes with other people. That ruins my fun. I don't want to kill my joy. So I'm sitting there and these kids are just like talking and talking and talking. And before we came to the movies, we had a a slight discussion about what we should see. The wife wants to see Jumanji. A bunch of her friends at work said it was great. I don't really want to see Jumanji. I will see Jumanji. I'm fine with it, but it's not. It's not on the list above the new Ridley Scott movie, if you ask me. So I, I made a very good argument, and the main argument was that this movie might leave the theater any week. It's already been out for a week, and who knows how many people are going? It could leave any time. going to be there for months. It's going to be there for months. we got to see this one first. So we went to see it, but I I was not having a good time due to these talky kids. So I leaned over to the wife and said, let's go see Jumanji because I knew that Jumanji was starting like half an hour after the All the Money in the World. So I knew it was going to be starting soon. And I said, let's just go skip and see Jumanji. And she made this super happy face and she's like, let's go. And we jammed out of there and we instead went to see Jumunji. Welcome to
0: Jumanji. What is happening?
1: We have to finish the game. Stop. What's up, Jumanji? With PG-13. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to keep this brief. Jumanji is a remake of the other Jumanji movie that that came out back back in the day. But this one, instead of a board game, it is a video game. It's all right. It stars The Rock. And, um, Kevin Hart and Jack Black is in it. It was alright. It was fine. It was decent. There was... There's nothing wrong with it. It plays around with some video game tropes that are kind of cool. There were, like... There were a lot of kids in the theater. And they all seemed to like it. And they're the target audience. And my wife... My wife loved it. I thought it was fine. I laughed. I laughed more than once. It was good. It wasn't that long. It was... It was everything you would want out of a Jumanji remake starring The Rock. The stuff where they played around with video games was probably the best, the best parts. If, if you think you want to see it, go see it. It's definitely not a waste of time. It wasn't, it wasn't what I was in the mood for that night. I really wanted to see all the money in the world. And this was nothing like that. But it was fine. I had a good time. I think I am going to... I'm going to give Jumanji a, uh, I don't know, three, three mics. mics. Three mics. But, 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 the saga does not conclude. The next day we got up and early in the morning we went to see all the money in the world. J. Paul Giddy wasn't just the richest man in the world. He was the richest man
0: in the history of the world. Your grandson's been kidnapped. Seventeen million dollars, crazy. I don't have any money. on December twenty-second. <laughs> How much would you pay to release your grandson? Nothing. From director Ridley Scott. I'm fighting an
1: empire.
0: Inspired by true events.
1: He's my son, and I'll stop at nothing
0: to bring him home.
1: No! All the money in the world, our So there you have it. We are back exactly where we started. We were pretty much in the exact same seat. As a matter of fact, but, uh, it was all good, man, because I feel like the movie lived up to it. I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it despite all the trouble. It is, it is the story of the 1973 kidnapping of Paolo Getty, the grandson of the richest man in the history of all space and time, J. Paul Getty. Dude got rich off oil. He invented the super tanker, he did all kinds of stuff, I don't know. I, I know him as a rich guy, and I know him because there's an art museum In uh, Southern California, named after him. Christopher Plummer's performance was... It was really good. I understand that they had 16 days to come in and replace all of the Kevin Spacey parts. And dude nailed it. But let's be honest. It wasn't like... It wasn't like a very complicated performance. He was just like a greedy, greedy old man. They, um... It seems like they may have based the Montgomery Burns character off J. Paul Getty. Because he was just... In this movie, he was incredibly miserly. The conflict comes because Paulo gets kidnapped and then J. Paul Getty does not want to pay the $17 million ransom. But he has some somewhat valid reasons. He says that if I pay for one of my grandchildren, that just puts all, all my other grandchildren at risk for kidnapping. And I get it. It really does do that. But, man... What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do if somebody close to you gets kidnapped? It's like there's no guarantee that paying the money will get them back, but if you don't pay the money, it's almost a guarantee that you won't get them back. I don't know. I I pray to the Lord that I'm never in that position. One thing he does do is he sends sort of a sort of a fixer, sort of a problem solver of his played by played by Mark Wahlberg to get on the case. I I really enjoyed this movie. It really moves along. I don't I don't know how closely it sticks to the the real life story. There's a lot of action and intrigue in this and from what I read it may not have been exactly like that, but it made for like a nice tense thriller. I myself was aware that this had happened, but I didn't know how anything turned out, so I was on I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of this, not knowing the knowing the end result. So if you don't know don't go find out before you see the movie. It makes it a lot more fun to just have it play out before your eyes. But, um, man, this was good. I enjoyed it. It was very good. Ridley Scott is an excellent director, it seems, if if he stays away from aliens. I know that that is, I know that's his whole creation, but there's been some weird choices made in that direction. A while ago, there was talk of um, Ridley Scott came out and he said that, He would want to do a Star Wars movie, but doesn't, doesn't think he would ever get the chance. I could definitely see him doing something good with the Star Wars movie. Not maybe like, not like a Star Wars films, you know, part of the, part of the holy trilogy. Maybe like a side movie. Like if I, if I found out that Ridley Scott was going to direct a Boba Fett movie or something, that might be cool. If he was going to do like a Dangar movie or something, I would definitely go check that out. You know you would too, but... Let's uh, let's finish this up. We've spent a lot of time. I feel like I spent a lot of time trying to see this movie. But I'm glad that I did. It turned out to be the first movie of 2018. So I started off the movie year right. I am going to give all the money in the world 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics. Touch it down, I'll tell ya.
0: Dallas will not be seen tonight. You kidding? Well, I never care about things like that. But it will return next Friday. Well, in that case, we better stop wasting time.
1: Last year, boy, I see robots. Saw roughly 75 movies at the cinema. These are his five favorite ones. The top five movies of 2017. That is right. I went to the movies 75 times last year. I was trying for a hundred and I failed on that goal, but it was it was those fires, man. They offset my plans. They really they really threw everything out of whack and I wasn't able to get back back in whack. But I saw a lot of good movies this year. I, I only saw a few that I thought were bad, next episode of the show, we're gonna do, like, a rundown. I keep a list, a list right here on, um, on the wall of the Moonbase, with everything that I see when I saw it, and how many, how many mics I give it, and next week, we're gonna go over that, but this week, we're gonna go down the top five movies that I saw. These are, these are my five personal favorite movies. These are the ones, these are the ones that resonated with me, stuck with me, moved me, affected me or whatever man maybe just like some that i enjoyed so let's let's just get with it you know you get the idea you get the idea of a top five number five is number five
0: permission to jump in the next meeting and blow something
1: out permission grab force be with you hey watch the language in eight days
0: yeah! Come on! PT 13 this film contains scenes that may be too intense for younger viewers.
1: number five on the list is Star Wars the last Jedi we saw this during my during my holiday hiatus so I didn't get to review it but I I really dug this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. There were there were parts that I would have cut out, but that's neither here nor there. Overall the overall the product was great. This movie was controversial when it came out. It seemed like the initial reviews by the uh, by the peeps at large was not that great, but I myself only knew like a few people who didn't like it compared to like zillions who did like it. So I don't I don't know what was what was up in that, uh, deal, but this is the further adventures of Ray and Finn and Poe, a new character, Rose, BB-8 and stuff, and in a lot of ways, this movie was the putting away of the, the final remnants of the old Star Wars that we know and love, and the, the beginning of the new characters, the, the beginning of the takeover of the new characters, of your Ray, your Finn, your Poe, your BB-8, your, uh, your whoever. I just, <laughs> just ran that list down twice in a row. I did dig this movie quite a bit. If I had to, if I had to give it mics, I would say right now it's a four-miker, maybe a high 3.5. It was, it was a bit long, but some of the stuff they give you is amazing. I don't want to... I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it by now, I wonder how much you're interested in a Star Wars movie. Now, there might be circumstances in which you weren't able to go up until now, and I do understand that, and some people just don't dig going to the theater, but if you don't want to get spoiled, it's been a a while now, so I I don't know, man, you must. You must not be too worried about the, the spoilers. But still, I'm gonna do my best not to give, not to give any, there is a lightsaber battle in the movie that might be the best lightsaber battle ever of all the times. There is a fight at the end of the movie that was just terrific. You find out the fates of some beloved characters. I thought this movie was great, and I, myself, am looking forward to, uh, the next set of trilogy movies that, uh, Ryan Johnson, the director of this one, are, is gonna be coming out with. I think that he is a super talented guy. I've been down with Ryan Johnson for a long time. I saw his his first film, Brick, when it came out, it it played here and I was lucky enough to check it out. And I thought it was terrific. It was like this hard boiled detective movie starring uh starring that kid from Thirty Rock. His name his name eludes me now, the kid who was in Inception. He was Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's Homie's name. He's in this and he plays this like high school detective style character it's really great I enjoyed that I enjoyed uh I don't know man dude's a good director I've been on his tip for a while so I'm excited to see him excited to see him in the in the world of uh Star Wars as the as the head honcho so number five Star Wars the last Jedi what was what was number four let's find out number four
0: The thing we keep in that lab is an affront. Do you know what an affront is? Something offensive. That's right. We need to take it apart, learn how it works. We can either save him or let him die. Oh, woman, we're gonna burn in hell. The asset. Do you have it? Honey, he's coming for me. The Shape of Water, rated R.
1: Number four on the list of movies is another one that I saw on, that I saw on the Christmas break. I apologize. I didn't get to review this, but I will talk about it right now. This is the latest from visionary director Guillermo uh, del Toro. I had such a hard time saying the name Guillermo. I don't know why. I apologize to Mr. del Toro. I know that he's a listener of the program, so I do apologize, but um, I've always had a hard time saying the name Guillermo. There was... There was this pitcher for the Tigers. His name was Willie Hernandez. I was a I was a Tiger fan back in the day, Detroit Tigers, and he was he was one of their top flight relief pitchers. And his name was his name was Willie Hernandez. And then he decided that he wanted to get more in touch with his with his Latin heritage, and he asked to be referred to as Guillermo. And ever since then, I've just I've been struggling with that name. I don't know I don't know why it doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue as well as it should. But this is, this is the latest from Guillermo del Toro. It is a, it's a romance. It is a monster movie romance. As I understand it, Mr. del Toro, when he was younger, saw the movie The Creature uh, from the Black Lagoon, and the scene where the creature and the female lead are are swimming about in in the water, he... When he saw that, he took it as that they were in love and that they were going to be together. And that that imagery always stuck with him and it led him to make the the shape of water. The story is that of a government base where in which they have a captured sea monster. He's sort of a creature of the Black Lagoon type. And Michael Shannon, the, the great actor Michael Shannon plays the CIA type who's in charge of Getting all the, uh, secrets to the workings of this beast by any means necessary. And Sally Hawkins plays a, plays a mute worker at the, at the place who, uh, she falls in love with the monster. There's no, there's no other way to put it. The movie takes place in the 60s, I believe it's the 60s, maybe the late 50s. I know, I know not. It is the era of communism and the fear of communism. And they, they need to get this monster secret so they can use them against the uh, the dreaded reds. And before before they can do that, Sally Hawkins is going to sneak the monster out. Because they are in love. This is a beautiful, but also super weird movie. But it, it's absolutely terrific. If I had to give it mics, I'm giving it four mics. It was... Just Dynamite. I feel almost certainly that Sally Hawkins is going to get an Oscar nomination for this. I don't know. I don't know if she's gonna win. One of the one of the actors in a movie that's gonna be coming up in a second is, in my opinion, the front runner, but man, Sally Hawkins is an amazing actress. She really she really made you believe that her and this beast were in love. This is this is a hyper-sexual movie. I need to make you aware of that. If you go in and you think it's going to be like a super scary horror flick, this is a sexually charged movie between a woman and a beast. But, man, it was just a lovely film. It looks it looks beautiful. There is like this green sea tone to everything and the set dressings and just, just everything about this movie was dynamite. I loved it. I thought it was... It's going to stick with me for a long time. This may be, this may be Mr. Del Toro's masterpiece. Some people think that, I think they think that it is Pan's Labyrinth. But this movie probably, it surpasses Pan's Labyrinth in a lot of ways. And I would not be surprised to see this get a Best Picture nomination. Or for Guillermo to get a Best Director nomination. This movie was Dynamite. Let's see. Let's see what's number three. That's always fun, right? Number three.
0: If you want to read it, we can go down to the public library. I want to read it in bed. That's something that rich people do. We're not rich people. I'm applying to New York colleges. What about terrorism? What about terrorism? Don't be a Republican. If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired.
1: You were dragging your feet. You, you are so infuriated. you stop yelling? I'm not yelling. Oh, it's honey. perfect. Do you love it? This is she has a big heart in your mom. Lady Bird. You ready to go home? Ready. Now playing. The number three movie that I saw this year is a movie that goes by the name of Lady Bird. Lady Bird gets, Lady Bird gets the award for the movie that made me cry like a wuss. I bawled at this movie. It is a it is a tale of a girl named Lady Bird played by Sersha Ronan. She lives in Sacramento and she is getting ready to embark embark upon her college career. She's already getting ready to go out into the world, and the movie focuses on her, and it also, it really focuses upon her mom, who is played by the great Laurie Metcalf, who you might know as Roseanne's sister on on Roseanne. This is, this is a side note, but Down on, down to the Earth base, you know, we're always looking for, like, TV shows we can watch together. We like to watch TV after dinner as a family. Just sit down and we'll watch, like, the Goldbergs or Futurama. And we need, you know, we need some varieties. And I kind of, you know, poked around the listings and I found that, um, CMT, the country music television plays, they play episodes of Roseanne. So we started watching Roseanne and for some reason... 2.0 loves this show to death. I don't know. It's a good show. I mean, that much is... That much is known. But she's really taken to it. She'll watch Roseanne when I'm not around. She only watches like a few shows. Like TV shows. She watches a lot of YouTube and music videos. But she'll watch uh, Futurama. She will watch The King, King of the Hill. King of the Hill is like her favorite show of all the times. Nothing... Nothing even comes close. King of the Hill holds up so well. She loves that. She's probably... She's probably watched through it on Adult Swim like a hundred times, but she has also added Roseanne to the mix. I've seen her and her gal pal out there doing whatever, and they'll put on Roseanne reruns. It's crazy, but, um, back to, back to Ladybird. According to the chart, I saw Ladybird uh, November 20th. That was, that was like pretty, pretty soon after the fires, and it was still... I was still fairly emotional, I'll admit it, I'm not, I, you know, man enough to admit that I have, that I have emotions, and this is an emotion-packed movie, the, the main crux is there is conflicts between Laurie Metcalf and Sersha Ronan, and Lady Bird is getting ready to go off to school, and there is just a brief period of time in which they can work on this conflict, and 2.0 is, she is a junior in high school, and... You know, she's getting ready to go off into the world and watching Ladybird trying to find herself and trying to go off into the world, man, it really just like it tugged at my heartstrings. I was already emotional due to the due to the fires and this was still to the point where everything was fresh like you were driving through new neighborhoods and you were seeing how areas you didn't know had houses that were destroyed and it was just it was hard, man, watching this movie. I just I I broke down in the truck on the way home. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'll admit it. I don't care. Think what you will. Think what you will of me. I have emotions. And I cried like for real, like for real, not just like a little, little tear down the eye. This was like a full on cry. This was like, this is what caused me to break down after the fire and kind of, kind of get it out. And I realized that the emotions involved might be, might be skewing my, my view of the film, but the film was, It was dynamite, just really heartfelt, really, really real. And Sacramento is, it's a few hours away from where we live, but it was still, it's still in Northern California where the the Earth base is located. And it was just, it hit really close to home. I, I think that, I think that Saoirse Ronan is going to win the Oscar for this. I think that she's going to win She's going to win Best Actress. I think that this movie will get nominated for the Oscar. It may, it may even win. It's entirely possible. And if there is any justice in the world, Laurie Metcalf will get nominated and she will win the Best Supporting Actress for this movie. She is a national treasure. She is a delight. And in this movie, she just, she really steals the show. She's out of sight. So, I don't know. There's enough of that. Enough of me talking about my feelings. I'm sure you guys all think that I may. a, uh, I'm a fop, that I'm a wuss, but I'm not. I'm a man. And let's see what. Uh, let's see what's number two. Number two. I'm looking at some of the country's finest thugs, of course, young Mozart in a go kart over there. People love great bank robbery stories. So let's give them something bold, shameless, and brazen as talk about over their lattes. That's some Oscar right there. That's my baby, Baby Driver. My number two movie of the year was Baby Driver. Baby Driver was the Icy Robots Radio Summer Movie of the Year Award winner. It's already won one prestigious trophy from us this time around. It's number two. There was one movie that was better, but man, Baby Driver was terrific. It is a flick about um about a dude named Baby who's a Mozart in a go-kart. Dude can drive like a mofo. Dude can dude can do things behind the wheel that are just insane. He is used as a getaway driver by Kevin Spacey during his uh during his, you know, offbeat shenanigans types criminals sorta of, sorta of stuff and the movie is It's almost like a musical. Some of the scenes are set up like dance numbers, but they're in fact driving numbers set to, set to music. It is a dynamite picture. I've watched it already like a, like a few times since. They, they put the opening scene, the opening driving scene on YouTube a while after the movie came out It's kind of, kind of an enticement to get people to go see it and I I watched it like 50 times. I watched it like a thousand times since actually. I don't know, man. Somewhere between 50, 50 and 1000, you know, just like somewhere between the moon and New York City is the uh, the amount of times I've seen that opening scene. I I can't say enough good stuff about this movie. It was just just a fun time. I believe I saw it Let's see. Let me get Let me get the list. I got a I got a copy of it right here on the wall of the moon base. I keep I keep one there and then one one at home, you know, just just to be safe. I saw this um March, April, May, July 3rd, and then I saw it again July 4th. I saw it two days in a row. I gave it a very prestigious 4.5 mics. It is just dynamite. The soundtrack is great. All the acting is great. John Hamm's in it. Uh Jamie Foxx is in it. This movie's great. When it when it finally hits cable and I can get it on the D V R and like watch my my favorite scenes over and over again, I I prefer things on the D V R It's I I don't know, man. I like to I like the way the rewind and the fast forward works. I'm I'm a Mozart with the D V R control, you know, just just like baby behind the wheel. I can do magical things with it. I'm not so good with the not as good with D V D control. It doesn't seem like it goes enough. in the digital copy that I have, I don't know, I don't like rewinding on that. It's just not the same. It's not the same to me, man. I want it on the, I want it on the DBR. But at any rate, uh once it hits that, I'm going to be watching this like crazy. There are so many parts of this movie that are just entirely rewatchable. It may be at some point that Baby Driver achieves the prestigious Five Mic Hall of Fame. It's almost, it's only half a mic away. We'll see how We'll see how future uh, the future treats it, but let's uh let's find out what's number one, man. What movie could be better than this movie that I said could possibly be in the Five Mike Hall of Fame? I don't know, man. Let's see.
0: Okay, you heathens, here it is, the best movie
1: that I see. Robots saw in all up 2017. We shall go on to the end. we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight in the air. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall never surrender. The best movie that I saw this year was... Dunkirk, Dunkirk is just about a perfect movie. I watched it. I watched it from beginning to end the other day. I intended to just kind of like put it on for a few minutes and check it out. But I ended up watching the entire thing. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes. It is so tight. And there is not a wasted second in the entire thing. It is so tense. It just starts. And it goes. It is an amazing film. This is Christopher Nolan's masterpiece. He will never do anything this good again. If he does, I want to see it. I saw this movie, um, let's see. I saw it... I was just drinking coffee. I can't find it on here. Let's see. I saw Dunkirk on July 23rd. Right before that, I saw Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled. And right after that, I saw... Atomic Blonde. That was that was a pretty good week. I saw those all in the same week. I gave Dunkirk 4.5 mics when it came out. I do believe that this movie will someday be in the five mic hall of fame. I really, I really think it's gonna get there. Once it once it hits cable and I get to watch it like over and over and over again, I'm gonna I'm gonna really, really think this movie's gonna move into the into the hallowed halls. This is the story of the Dunkirk. The I don't know what do you call it, the Battle of Dunkirk during World War II. There are Something like 300,000 British soldiers pushed all the way back by the German hordes to the beaches of Dunkirk. And it's up to, it's up to the civilian populace of Britain, those that have a boat, to come and come and rescue the people. To come and get them away from the, from the Germans who were just, you know, strafing them and attacking them and bombing them. It is terrible and incredibly tense. The soundtrack of the movie is also amazing. It's just like... This driving, pounding in your head, it's it's so tense. This movie is so good, it is so tight, it's absolutely perfect. I've heard people say that it's like, that it's light on characters, and that may be true, but it's not about the individuals. It's about the overall scene, it's about what's going on, it's about the historical significance of this moment, it's about the people coming together, it's about... So many important things. I loved this movie. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. So, there you have it, man. That is my top five of the year. That is, that's everything I saw, everything I loved, blah, 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 blah. Let's, uh, let's move into the final segment of the show, where in which we're going to talk about, I don't know, man, some, some other stuff, maybe some TV that I saw. I know not. It'll be fun. We'll be back in a sec.
0: Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The icy robots radio pop culture slash toy news slash other boring stuff informational moment.
1: All right, we are back for the final segment of the show, in which I talk about various, um, various stuff and things, just like things that are going on, things that, uh, maybe things I've watched, maybe things I've bought, I don't know, I already talked about my Christmas, my Christmas gifts earlier in the, in the show, so I don't, I don't got a lot of toy news or anything of that sort, but there is a bit of, TV stuff, I guess. I, I, over the break, I watched the Netflix series The Punisher. I am a big fan of The Punisher, or more specifically, Garth Ennis's take on The Punisher, The Punisher Max. I, I don't know. I have a weakness for like pulpy, ultra violent stuff. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not proud of it, but I, but I do like it. And Garth Ennis usually filled that, um, that, that violence in my heart, the need for the violence in my heart, and that's um, the take on the Punisher that I have found to be the most the most true to the image of what I would imagine the Punisher to be like. He is a one-man force fighting crime, and he is more or less a... He is like a antibiotic to the crime that is out there. He's just cold killing it, cold killing it, any chance he gets, and... That is what I expected out of the Netflix show. But what I got was completely different. Now, before I get into this, I want to say that I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good series. I I did not mind it, but it was not the Punisher that I envisioned when I envisioned the Punisher. First of all, and I'm going to do my best not to get spoilery. I'm going to talk about some plot details, but they're not going to be like spoilery details. I don't think so Take that for what you will. If you don't want to know absolutely anything about the show, then, I don't know, check out now. But, um, in this, Frank Castle gets betrayed by the government, and he is out to, out to get revenge. In the comics, his family was killed during a mob shootout, and he swears revenge on the mafia, and he enacts that revenge one person at a time and this his family was the victims of a governmental hit so he's taken out the the rogue CIA agents from from the outside in i guess i i did not like this change in the story when you see the punisher out there shooting mafia guys while it's violent and disturbing you can go hey man They deserve it. They're, they're mafia guys. They're criminals. You know, they, they get what they get. But a lot of the guys that Castle is shooting in this are, they are like run of the mill military operatives. And to me, that makes it almost like Frank Castle is as bad as everybody thinks he is in The fact that he's killing people who are much like he would be. At one point, he's fighting against a group of, what would you call them? Military contractors. And he's just shooting them dead left and right. And you have to think that military contractor work is something that Castle very well could have gotten into. So these people that he's killing are not very far from himself. But that to me, takes away the, the sympathy that you have for, for Frank. When he's killing mafia guys, you really feel like you, they deserve it. When he's killing soldiers and, like, CIA guys and, like, military contractors, while these guys may all be rogue, they are all guys working in a somewhat legal business and, To me, that just, it takes the heart out of the story. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling Frank. They are looking for him. They're looking for him to put him under arrest. He gets called a terrorist. He gets called this and that. And in a lot of ways, he is that. He is a terrorist. He is a bad guy. And look, I get it. Frank Castle was always a bad guy. He is a murderer. In one of these Garth Ennis Marvel Max Punishers, they speculate that he may have killed 10,000 people. The guy is the absolute worst. But you do kind of have a bit of sympathy for his mission in a, uh, you know, Charles Bronson death wish kind of way. In this, he is almost a terrorist. I don't know what you want me to say. I... I lost a lot of sympathy for this character. But that said, I thought the show was all right. I enjoyed watching it. I did think that it was a bit too long. I think it was 13 episodes. And there was maybe like 7 or 6 episodes worth of story. There's a lot of meetings. There are a lot of meetings. A lot of stuff in offices. A lot of CIA, Homeland Security stuff. And I don't know, man. I would have rather seen... A tighter, smaller show. I feel like that with all these Netflix shows. Just 8 episodes, maybe 10 episodes is more than enough. But they're probably contracted for 13. So we're going to keep seeing shows with lots and lots and lots of meetings. I don't know. I thought that John Barenthal was a very good Punisher. I enjoyed his performance. I really liked the guy who was micro. I thought that he did really good as... um. Castles, you know, assistant. Not his assistant. He's the guy who plans everything. He's like, he's like the Overwatch. He's the Felicity Smoke of the Punisher world. I thought he did good. He's kind of a interesting actor. He has a weird voice and he kind of, kind of brought this weirdness to the role that I, that I enjoyed. Uh, I liked it. I did like it. I will definitely watch season two, but I would have, um, I would have liked to see more mafia guys get, get splattered rather than rather than CIA guys, but that's just me, hopefully next season we'll see him take on the Punisher, I mean, uh, take on the Kingpin or, uh, Diamondback I don't know, he'll take on somebody, and it'll be fun and we will all be happy, oh here's something, I've been working on this for, I don't know man, the longest time, I I still practice the art of the VHS mixtape, I got, um, two VCRs I copy thing from tape to tape, I like to do it, it's fun for me, it's it's relaxing, and I've been working on the IC Robots Super Tape Volume 2 for like the longest time. And I finally finished the other day. So that's available to anybody out there who is interested. It is just over two hours of commercials and stuff that I have gathered off other tapes. I'll take I'll take tapes I find at the dig or the flea market, like things people recorded off TV, and I'll cut out the commercials, move them onto a different tape add in, like, station breaks, and all kinds of fun stuff. It's a fun. It's, like, two hours of commercials, retro things. I enjoyed making it, and I think that you guys will enjoy watching it. It's available. I made a custom cover for it, which is cool, too. I'll post a picture of the cover after I post up this episode. so You guys can check it out. It's, like, fun with IC Robots. It's a good cover. I made it myself. It's cool. I really... I really think you guys want to get this tape. I know some of you guys out there are still into the uh, VHS scene, like my man uh, Tapes from the Crypt. I know a few of you guys watch tapes, so I have this one, and I am making it available. I, I will need to charge a bit for it, but it's mostly just to just to cover my cost and the shipping. It's going to be um, $9.99 on uh, good old PayPal. That is... That's basically like a couple bucks for the tape. I got some blank tapes, couple bucks for that, maybe like three bucks to ship it to you, and then a couple dollars for the the effort of running off a dupe. And oh, then I gotta make a nice laser copy of the of the covers too. So there's a couple bucks for that. I I'm, I'm probably making a dollar fifty off this. So I don't know. If you are interested, hit me up on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash icy robots, or hit me up on Twitter and we can work something out. I'm, I'm negotiable on the price. I really just like, I want to get these into people's hands. I made it. I want people to see it. It's not about the money at all. If I break even or even, you know, come in a little behind, that's fine. I just, I just want people to have this. The IC Robot Super Tape, Volume 2. It has commercials and other stuff that you will like you know, that, if I had a slogan or a jingle, it would sound, it would sound something like that, so, I don't know, man, we're gonna get out of here, oh, next week, we are gonna do the rundown of the 75 movies I saw last week, we're gonna add up all the stars, we're gonna, mics rather, we're gonna get an average, it's gonna be fun, but we might get a super short show, this is, this is some behind-the-scenes stuff, down on the Earth base, over the over the Christmas holiday the furnace broke down and it's an old one it's been here since the house was built it's ancient and it it finally went the way of the dodo and we are finally able to get somebody to come in and replace it but it's going to take a couple days and I'm going to have to be down on the earth base supervising the supervising the construction so while I will do my best effort to get a show there will be a show but It may be a short one just because I'm not going to be able to get into the recording booth as much as I would like, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. You guys will have a, have a good time listening to it. I I guarantee it. I, I promise. I promise you will. So until then, hey. Phil Carey, get a hold of me. I got this box. I wanna, I wanna send it out uh, your way. So, until next time, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for the Toys R Support episode number one forty one, top five movies of twenty seventeen. If you don't know, now you know.
0: This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener supported in day hour. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for
1: all the details. Thanks and have a great week.